0: are Back with another live episode of the Bully Ball Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. Steph, give me just one second, Steph, real quick. Let me I'm just I'm just looking for Eagles fans. <laughs> um I just haven't nice. seen them, and I'm I'm really I'm I'm just concerned. I'm just more concerned than anything. Um I'm concerned that they are taking this loss way too hard because it is just a football game, but at the end of the day. But I'm more concerned because I told them. Stand on business and make sure that you come back to our shows. But where they at, though? Steph, where they at?
1: I mean, we we gave them the open invitation, right? Last week, we had a number of Eagles fans talking crazy in the comments. You know how both sides do, but, you know, especially the Eagles fans always talk crazy. And so we invited them back. I told them we were going to be here exact same time next week. And it's that exact same time, and I don't, I don't see any of them here. In fact, they're they're out deleting comments, deleting tweets, um, just radio silent. Haven't heard from them.
0: I'm just concerned. I hope they're okay. You know, I I think oh, I not. think I think the person that I think is taking this the hardest is Rocky Balboa. I mean, <laughs> how, I just wonder how he fictional feels at this character. point. I mean, I mean, he's a fictional character that's saw 23 fights. <laughs> you think he'd be used to losing? <laughs> Like Joe Frazier is an actual boxer from Philadelphia, and yet they erected a statue of Rocky Balboa, a fictional character. I look, man. Oh God. I'm sure there'll be analysis throughout this show. I'm sure. Um, but you you knew that we were gonna cook. And mm-hmm. I wanna talk a little bit about the 49ers celebrating their Super Bowl. Steph. <clears throat> Was there a coach not running around like an idiot outside of the, the stadium in Kansas City talking about, I don't hear anything anymore? So wait, it's, it's your Super Bowl when you beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But when the 49ers go into your stadium and dog walk you, and the only thing that you can talk about is some guy on the sideline. Um, that was the only thing that was really important that happened in that game for you in Philadelphia. Now, that it's just any other game, and it doesn't matter. I love it. I love it so much. I love the backpedaling. I love the mental gymnastics. I love what they're going through right now. This is Nick Sirianni right here high-fiving and running around Arrowhead Stadium as if you got back your Super Bowl that you lost on a slippery field. And <laughs> now, all of a sudden, now, the San Francisco 49ers are celebrating their Super Bowl. The mental gymnastics are absolutely embarrassing. It's just it's just a tough look right now for for Eagles fans. We caught a lot of flack as a fan base, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a fan base for the talk in the offseason about Brock Purdy not being there. Man, this is a tough tough look for the Philadelphia Eagles cuz the 49ers not only went in there and beat them. They beat the shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. Like you got your ass whooped on national television. I know it wasn't on NBC, but everyone was watching that game. I don't know how you respond to that, like Rocky Balboa when have got up.
1: <laughs> you and Rocky, man, I'm, I'm dying. I just but, don't uh, understand yeah.
0: a fictional character being the, the crux of like Philadelphia. He's not real. Well,
1: well, well. You see them, you know, basically creating statues for big doms. So I think they just have <laughs> a fascination with like people who like are not real. But the 49ers basically plucked the Eagles' feathers. <laughs> one by one. And and that's the type of win that I think will make the team, of course, make us as well feel vindicated. Like that's the word I keep using because it proved that all of the talk came from a real place. It came from a true belief that this team was going to win that game in the NFC championship game. And I, I understand it's like, get over it. it. Didn't happen. All right, fine. We'll just have to beat you in week 13 And the 49ers had that same belief. I think a lot of us had the same belief, too. And that's basically how we saw this game unfold. And now what you're seeing from Eagles fans is coping. I mean, (laughs) work out those coping mechanisms because it's going to be a long, long week. And they know it, right? It's almost comical how they're pulling out all of the same excuses and, and all of the same things that the 49er fans did after the NFC championship game. So say what you want, but this was a regular season game. We had Jalen oh, yeah. Carter crying on the sideline of a regular season
0: game. And like, by the way, he tried to shame us who made him into a meme by calling us broke, but you showed yeah, more that, emotion. You that's showed more emotion, through,
1: right? Okay. Right.
0: But you showed more emotion on the sideline than you did when you had a serious thing going on with you. It's so funny to me, right? Uh, it's just, and and you're right about the coping thing right it's well oh you know we when you we see you again we we can't wait we want everybody healthy no that's our line we want it. everybody healthy for you lane johnson played i was i was literally in front of my tv praying that jalen hurts got back in that game because i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear any of it i don't want to hear this guy was injured that guy was injured by the way when jalen hurts left that game that game was well over yeah. So there's oh yeah. no excuse. That game was well over before Marcus Mariota executed the touch push. Uh also, by the way. Oh, I had to get that jab in there as well, too. Um, but Steph, it's just it's odd that a team, a fan base, that you know, Hassan Reddick, there was a lot of boo-hoos. The only boohoos mm-hmm. were on your sideline. So it's 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 strange to see someone and a and a fan base, not someone, uh, an entire fan base, a team talk insane an entire time right like I was in Arizona covering the Super Bowl and to be fair the Eagles were asked a lot of questions about the San Francisco 49ers but they were not shy about poor sportsmanship this that and the other what happened to all that like where where is all that right like isn't be the example or be the change you you want to see isn't that the same Steph
1: yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I mean, at least the the Forty Niners could back up their talk, right? Like they right. actually held up their end of the bargain. One here.
0: guy, one guy stood on business. He's standing on business. Uh-huh. Standing <laughs> on business. <laughs> All right, look, we should really talk about this game though, because there are a lot mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. in this game that are worthy of analysis, aside from you know our talking. But Debo Samuel, yeah, I if, if, if let's play word association, stuff, Sanchez. Debo Samuel, first word that comes to your mind, go. Dog. Dog.
1: <laughs> Straight up dog, man. Um, I just haven't. I. I don't think I've ever seen a player like. There's a lot of trash talking players in the history of sports, and it, it's always brought like just a a good degree of fun and you know entertainment to it. But I don't think I've ever seen a player be able to back up his talk like Debo does, or call his shot. Like Debo does. The man knows. He could speak it into existence. Like, Debo, why didn't you tell us you have this power? Like, you could simply, before any game, just talk trash, <laughs> and then you're going to have a crazy game. Like, I didn't know he could do this. There's there's one thing about Debo uh, is that he's going to hit that second gear, too. Uh, he was he was fast. Like, as soon as he saw those blocks in front of him, it's like he shoots out of a cannon. And, and I love that about him. Uh, that's just something we've seen from Debo for, you know, as long as he's been here. And I think people underestimate his speed. He's going to run past you. He's going to make you miss a tackle. He's going to get you off of him. And before you know, you're being blocked by Kittle or Juice, and Debo's going to score. He calls his shot. I mean, and he makes it look easy, honestly. Like, I, I've just never seen a, a player like Debo. I'm glad he's on our team uh, because that dude is a dog.
0: Yeah. And I think what we learned is this team goes as Debo Samuel does. Debo is the heartbeat yeah. of this team. When a man starts to warm up in black air forces, <laughs> I love that that is just like, it's. It everybody knows what type yeah. of time you're on. What time you're on. Black Air Forces, if I saw someone walk into my party or my apartment in Black Air Forces, I'm going to clutch my purse. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like that's the type of time he was on. But realistically, for someone to have that talk all offseason, be able to go into that stadium and then dominate them in that way, that looked like 2021 in the backpack Debo Samuel. That is a top three performance of any 49ers that as long as I've been watching the 49ers that's a top three performance to be able to say I'm gonna go in here and I'm gonna dominate you I told you I was going to and I then I did it I I, I'm running out of ways to describe this performance because I watched it on I watched the the broadcast again I watched the film and it just jumps off the tape man like he's catching a pass running through everyone running away from everyone and it's just so funny that people have kind of dismissed the idea of Debo Samuel because we've gotten enamored with the idea of Brandon Ayuk being a better receiver, but this team goes the way that Debo Samuel does their, their attitude, the way that they impose their will is a reflection of Debo Samuel. And if you don't believe me in the games that he's healthy, kind of set your watch to the first two, three plays, one of them being a handoff to Debo Samuel to kind of set everything up, to set up everything and kind of set him up and go. Um, his rushing yard prop was nine and a half yards. That seemed insanely what? low. Yeah, like, I, I just it? take the over. That's easy take money. The, <laughs> yeah, take the over every single time. But for Debo Samuel to say what he said, back up his talk, kind of just leave everybody speechless with the way that he's played, that just reminded me of how many times he carried the 49ers in 2021 and threw them right in their backpack. Man, I just. Thank you, Debo Samuel. It's uh, it's like Wes Welker's son, like what he said. What? I love you, Debo. Not Shanahan. <laughs> no, you, Debo. <laughs> it's it, it was just it's a, such a great performance um, from someone in a game that obviously is a regular season game. Let's let's make sure we continue to reiterate that. But it is very much one of those performances that I'll probably never forget as a 49er fan. And I don't think anybody else will anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and I know that the 49ers offense has evolved past the point of relying on yards after the catch um, and relying on Debo Samuel. But make no mistake, that is still very much there, as we saw on Sunday. And last week, like I think we teased some ways that we thought the 49ers could attack the Eagles' secondary. Seeing that they run a lot of man, a lot of single high, I was thinking, you know, there's probably going to be a a big IU, big tittle game. Um, But I think, like, we also mentioned the possibility of bringing the yards after the catch back because I think I mentioned it more in my Wednesday show. And I basically said that with the 49ers having the rest advantage over the Eagles, one way of taking advantage of the advantage is to force the Eagles into a physical game make them chase you, you know? And, and so naturally having the yak attack in their back pocket as they do, because they don't need it. Um, But in this game, it, it you know, it, they kind of needed it. So naturally having the yak attack was going to work in their favor, not just for the rest thing, but because the Eagles really struggled in the middle of the field, their linebackers get exposed. So I think the 49ers showed going back to that, that they can win a number of different ways, too, on offense. And that's scary. That should be scary for anyone that, okay, you're going to do this, we're going to do that. Like, we've been saying that for a really long time, and it just feels like this season and at this point, it's more true than it's ever been. And um, Ryan Clark last night in the Monday Night Football post game said, the 49ers are the most schematically intelligent, ignorantly violent group of visuals I have ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a ball right there, but it's, it's so oh, yeah. true. And, and the 49ers have played the Jags, the Cowboys, and the Eagles, three really good teams in the NFL that they've played, and they've beat them by a combined 103 points. And so that's that's why I'm going to feel good when the 49ers play again uh, Seattle this Sunday. That's why I'm going to feel good when they play Baltimore on Christmas Day. And that's why I'm going to feel good about any team that they face in the playoffs, including – the Eagles in Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game? Because that's what I think is going to happen, Jay.
0: Oh, um. well, I have a different take. The San Francisco 49ers are the best team in football. Don't mention, I don't care, don't mention anybody. I don't want to hear about the Eagles. I don't want to hear about the Cowboys. I don't want to hear about the Seahawks. I don't want to hear about Miami, Kansas yeah. City, none of them. You, you, There's the 49ers, and then you figure out where you want to slot everyone else. I want to make sure that we get that clear. Philly's not going to be back in the NFC Championship game, Steph Sanchez.
1: Ooh, I like that. They're not.
0: They're not. Like they're not. They are not. The Buffalo Bills, if they could have finished, that's a win. If the if the Kansas City Chiefs could have finished, that's a win. There's so many of those games. Again, I, I hate to count almost losses, but the things that they're putting on tape are not good. And this is what we were talking about all week. The 49ers, the last 12 quarters, have drastically outplayed the Philadelphia Eagles. Drastically. I'm not talking about like by a margin. They have been... Far better, not even close, far better than the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Philadelphia Eagles wound up winning games for different reasons. And I applauded them for the way that they win games. I applauded them for like winning games out the mud because I think that's very special because you've got to do that later on, right? Like You're going to have to do that during the playoffs. You've got to show that you have that. But what they put on tape has been really bad. The offense hasn't been great. The defense was on the field for 140 snaps. The last two weeks against Kansas City and, the, and uh, the Buffalo Bills, one of those was an overtime game, which is why the 49ers, it behooved them to keep the Eagles defense on the field and and run the football and keep them on the field. That's why you see at the end of the game, they're just washed out because you've been on the field that long. But why were you on the field that long? You had many opportunities to win those games early on and not let them get to that point. You had many opportunities to do that. But you what you put on film for the last three games is not impressive. It's just not. It's not impressive at all. But you got the win, so winning matters all. And at the end of the day, winning is all that matters, right? You got to find a way to win. But there's no discussion in whether the Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers are in the same tier. They're not. And if they no, continue to, all. if they continue to play like that, if they continue to play like that, they're going to get bounced in the NFC playoffs. Like, don't mess around and play By the Detroit knows? Lions like By that.
1: who? Let, okay, don't, so Lions, don't mess do
0: yeah, don't mess around and play like that against the Detroit Lions. Do not. Don't mess around and play like that against them because their offense is going to keep the pressure on you. Your defense is, like, finding its way. They're trying to figure out whatever the fix is, but they're grasping at straws right now. Don't don't play the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. I mean, we're going to find out this week real quick, real quick. That game went right down to the wire. And the only reason the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Dallas Cowboys was why, Steph Sanchez, because the Dallas Cowboys can't finish.
1: Well, that's when that. so going into next week, right? Like, obviously, that's a big game. The 49ers held up their mm-hmm. end of the bargain. They can get the one seed if the Eagles lose one more game. So we're all looking at that game against the Cowboys, and we're thinking, Cowboys, don't fucking let us down. Leave it uh, out, Rob. Uh, uh, but
0: well, uh, but wait, hold down. on, Hold on, hold on. They
1: let us Go. down a lot. The yeah, I was going to say,
0: don't let us down. It's the Dallas Cowboys.
1: Exactly, so that's why I'm saying, like, okay, yeah, so they're they're gonna have the one seed, uh, meaning they're gonna have the bye week, you know, um, and so they'll they'll regroup and all that. So that's why, like, I I don't, it's not that I respect the Eagles that much that I think they're that good of a team, and that's why they're gonna be in the NFC you championship you benefit game. of the doubt, I but feel like, but they have they they have the easiest path to getting to the NFC championship game because of all the games that they've won prior to week 13, right? They put himself in a really good favorable spot. So while I, I I, agree with you, Jay, that there's a lot of flaws on this Eagles team, there hasn't been a team that has exposed that like the 49ers have. And I don't know if I trust another team to expose that like the 49ers because there is only one 49ers team. And so I, I simply think the Eagles are going to get lucky and they're going to find ways to you know, squirm out of a, a few close ones on their way to the NFC Championship game. Do I do I think that there's the possibility that they get, you know, bounced out? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but as of right now, like that's my prediction.
0: Well if Dallas needs help, I think the 49ers could send them a guy named Rebo Hamuel and just let him play for them this week because they, they're not going to need I hear him. He's good. Against I hear he's good. Yeah. I hear he's good. Re- no, it's Rebo <laughs> Hamuel. He's got to wear a mustache. Like he's got to wear like a, a, like a blatant mustache that looks fake and go play for the Dallas Cowboys and go help them this week. I, and Dusty Gold says, Jason doesn't trust Dak. I do not. Cause this is the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are doing exactly what they do every single year, every year. Yeah. They don't beat anybody who's really good. And then they beat the shit out of teams that are really bad. And Dak looks really good. And, oh, is Dak an MVP? It's it's rinse and repeat with the Dallas Cowboys. And then, funny enough, the San Francisco 49ers hung 42 on the Dallas Cowboys at home, hung 42 on the Philadelphia Eagles at their spot. Interesting, huh? I'm not good at math. That's 84 points. Couldn't be me struggling to beat the Dallas Cowboys like the Philadelphia Eagles do. But, hey, it's a divisional game. Games are weird. Yeah, we're going to keep cooking the Eagles. I'm not playing with y'all, actually, because I'm really upset that we're 20 minutes in. We're 20 minutes into this, and we're three shows into this entire week, and not one Philadelphia Eagle fan that was in here talking crazy showed up. Where are you? What happened? Your YouTube's not working? Did you forget to pay your internet? Why are you not here? We know why. We, oh, we know why because they're not standing on business.
1: <laughs> they could never, they could never. Um, Jay, like, okay, I, I randomly this thought came to my mind because I, right before we went live, I saw the video on YouTube of the 49ers doing their boombox entrance into the Eagle Stadium, and I thought it was really cool. If you guys could check it out, Jennifer Lee Chan put out like a full like, two minute video of it. And you see them right up until the point they run onto the field, right? But you see them right at the end where you see all the Eagles fans talking trash, getting loud. They, the 49ers don't even care. Like, they are they are dancing. They're doing their I thing. It. And I, I love that entrance because it's an awesome way, especially in those away games, of just, like, the noise doesn't matter. It's not there. It's, it's a distraction, right? But they're not even distracted by it. Um, and so if you can see that clip it was it was really cool but thinking about the Eagles fans just made me think of that just now
0: and yeah like the the Eagles fans are kind of like that that offset meme right like where they're they're doing the karaoke and they're like dancing <laughs> yeah. like in the first quarter like exactly. with, and then they're yeah. just in a quiet yeah. like that's literally them not right fun now. straight not up fun. not having a good not time. having a good time at all
1: <laughs> but you know what you know- like I was gonna say like i I kind of like that the 49ers took the first punch and like the offense in the first quarter just had negative six yards like that happened but they remained calm and steady in a difficult environment and, and Kyle said something that kind of was interesting to me uh he said quote what one of the best things Brock did when they were down he didn't try to make too much stuff up to try to overcompensate yep. he just kept with the plan and kept doing his job end quote when you look at the 49ers losses, I think you can point to a number of plays where you could say like Brock was trying to do too much. Right. Like he he felt like he had to put the team on his back, uh, trying to be the hero. And so I wonder if Kyle was saying that, like it, it felt like he was saying that from a place of acknowledging that and also noticing that there was some growth There's there's been some growth in. In Brock, he trusted the process. The whole offense trusted the process. The team stuck to the plan. Kyle, I don't know if he, like, ripped up the the first 25 scripted plays after the first two drives, but whatever Mm -hmm. he did, whatever adjustments he made, they were big, right? And they certainly worked because they had the six straight touchdown drives after that. And it wasn't just any drives. You had to drive the length of 85 yards, 90 yards, 75, 77, another 75, 48, At one point, the 49ers had 21 unanswered points. And if it wasn't for the Greenlaw penalty and the big Dom debacle, they probably don't even score on that drive, honestly, the Eagles. Um, But, you know, the tush push is going to push. So, But basically what I'm saying is the 49ers only needed two and a half quarters to score 42 points. Kyle Shanahan was in his bag, eight yards per play. The 49ers were perfect in the red zone. It just seemed like he was toying with the Eagles. And you mentioned that, like, Debo's first touchdown, uh, the rushing play. It just seemed like they were toying with Hassan Reddick a little bit there. They knew he was going to over-pursue that, go for Brock Purdy. They left him in the dust. <laughs> yeah. And it's like they knew that was going to happen, right? He he basically told you as much that, you know, he disregards the run. So they, they were doing whatever they wanted. And it just felt like the 49ers were scoring at will. And and that's just something you you love to see from this team.
0: See, early on in this game, I felt like all the talk about the secondary and passing and everything, right? And this is going to tie into kind of why everyone needs to kind of stay away from Twitter early on in games. And I think you know where I'm going with this stuff. So all the talk was, their linebackers are bad. Their secondary is bad. You've got to pick on them in the past game. Well, that's exactly what Kyle Shanahan scripted up, right? Unfortunately, it didn't come to fruition the way that they wanted to early on, right? But that was the entire crux of the argument about why the 49ers were going to do what they were going to do in the NFC Championship game and in this game was your secondary can be beat with motion. Your secondary can be beat um, one-on-one and we're going to get the matches we want and you're going to be in trouble. So they started that way, but then Kyle sees okay, you're over pursuing the run. Cool. Reverse behind you. Oh, okay. You want to play soft and we wanna we wanna open up windows? Okay, McCaffrey moves to the side just a little bit in the motion. Now we've got a wide open window to throw the football. Oh, okay. You want to drop everyone? Cool. Kittle's gonna uh chip and then fall out like real quick um and just be by himself. All that stuff felt like Kyle was gathering information, but mm-hmm. the game plan going into this was to attack them that way. And I just don't understand <clears throat> the loud talking into the camera, the yelling about, oh my God, Kyle Shanahan in a big game. It's like, guys, I know that this is an overly testy game because you want to have it, right? And, and you feel like scripted play should work every single time, right? Like scripted play should work and then the game starts. But my goodness, man, you guys have got to stay away from Twitter, man, talking about, man, here's Kyle throwing up another dud big game performance. What is he doing? Run the football. All that stuff was literally Kyle doing what everybody thought Kyle was going to do in this game, trusting his quarterback, throwing the football because the Eagles are a suspect in the secondary, in their linebacker core. But my goodness, man, we've got to stay away from Twitter early on in these games, man. I mean, last year you wanted to fire D'Amico Ryans every first half. This year, you wanted to fire Steve Wilkes the entire first half. I haven't heard a word about Steve Wilkes at all anymore, right? And it's just because he came down to the sidelines, right? Uh, Oh, the first two drives? Man, we got to get Kyle Shanahan out of here, man. He doesn't know what he's doing. Guys, please, please let games play out. And sometimes the answer is right in front of you. All you have to do is just be a little bit more rational in terms of, man, he's really trying to do what we thought he was going to do in this game, which is throw the football. And then when that doesn't work, okay, I know what they're doing now. I've seen enough. Here's what we can do and we can get back to it. Guys, please trust the coaching staff. Please, guys. I understand we're fans, and I'm not telling anyone how they should, fan. But please, 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 I implore you to stop firing all our coaches in every first quarter, and every first half. Please, guys, please just enjoy the game. Watch it and try to break it down just a little bit. I don't understand why we have to fire all the coaches, after a, a quarter, man, like I just I, I'll never understand that part of it. Uh, if you could help me a little bit. Stuff.
1: Well, don't you know, Jay, that, you know, coaches don't start a coach well until people tweet that out into the abyss. Right. Well, I mean, that's how Kyle, it happens, right. Like, Kyle, so
0: Kyle opens his phone and he searched his name and he was just like fire. He's <laughs> yeah, like, like wait, drives, right? he's like, wait, some guys yelling into his phone about run the football. Maybe I should give the football to Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's exactly how it works. A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah glad i could help um <laughs> but i think i think what we're seeing here that is really awesome is is Kyle kind of growing as a play caller right and we've been saying it for a few weeks you know the trust that he has in Brock Purdy i think it's it's so obvious and this was a game uh, like the type of game plan that it had and the way they executed the offense it wasn't all on Brock but Brock had a number of Good plays, impressive plays that kept these drives going. A lot of third down conversions. Um, that, you know, I in, in my opinion went a little unnoticed just because, you know, the 49ers were like firing on all cylinders, right? And and getting these touchdown scores. But those are big um, in my eyes. And I think the the yards per attempt were pretty low in this one. Again, just part of the the game plan and how they wanted to attack the Eagles and, and their over-aggressive front. Um, but You know, I I just I can't help but notice and appreciate how much Kyle has grown as a as a play caller, as a head coach. And I I love it. I love seeing that going into the playoffs. It just gives me way more confidence in this team as a whole. And you're right. I don't think we can forget about Steve Wilkes and what he's done with the defense. Oh, baby. Forty six pressures. Oh, baby. Defense had 46 pressures. That on seems like Sunday. it's fake.
0: That seems like They're it's like, fake. How right? is that like, real?
1: I literally, yeah. I literally had to look up like how many dropbacks Jalen Hurts even had because I was like, did that he have came 46? Right. Yeah, he had 52. <laughs> he had 52 dropbacks. So six,
0: so so six of them he was not pressured.
1: So, so either you're pressuring him on like nearly every dropback, which is already insane, or more than one guy was getting a pressure on a single dropback. Also insane, maybe a little of both, right? But that's just crazy. And Jay, last week we talked about, you know, trying to play the contain game with Hurts, right? And in the 49ers, Steve Wilkes, I thought, had a hell of a game plan to contain him and stopping the Eagles' run game because we know that's where it all starts for them. Once yep. they get the run game going, it, they they get comfortable on offense, things start working. So they, they limited the Eagles to just 2.6 yards per carry. That is when the defense had them right where they wanted. So, Yeah. yeah, I know the first two drives, you know, the Eagles had some success, but you limit, limit them to just two field goals and you pretty much were able to pin them to a corner, basically little by little and get them to be one dimensional. And so this is when the corners, had to continue to play as good as they have been, and and no shade to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, um, but what Ward and, and well, okay, fine, let's some shade. Yeah, shade, yeah, and no,
0: some shade. No, 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 to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett too, and Jackson the Smith to Jeeba, and Jackson Smith to Jeeba too. You catch it too? What the hell? All, we we all we cooking. Shade. Let's go.
1: Okay, okay, all, all <laughs> I'll say, all the shade to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, um, but I do want to say like what. Ward and, and Ambry and Lenore did against them like to me that was impressive but this week on Sunday they played in my opinion the two best receiver tandem in the league in A.J. Brown who is a top five receiver and Devontae Smith who statistically is a top 15 receiver and you might be saying Steph what are you talking about like both of those guys had over 100 yards well it's all relative like those guys were going to get theirs A.J. Brown was going to get his because he's A.J. Brown and he's really good. Um, but when you look at the 49ers making them one-dimensional and the fact that they had to throw the football, then it starts to make a little more sense. If you go back and look, most of Brown's catches happened in the first quarter. Mooney Ward forced incompletions on not one, but two A.J. Brown touchdown attempts. And Jalen Hurts was sacked three times. One of them he tripped on, so, you know, fine. Uh, but the other two were blatant, coverage sacks that's what you call good coverage I believe that Jalen Hurts time to throw in this game was 3.85 seconds right that was the longest of the season and so that tells you there was good coverage on the back end and that's kind of what explains the pressures because I think it just it and it's not guys like over pursuing like I think guys did a really great job of just pressuring but doing enough where they're not keeping open lanes you know Um, and so that's why the three sacks were just mostly like coverage sacks. It wasn't just guys going after herds recklessly. And so I thought it was a smart and well-executed game plan, um, from Steve Wilkes and this defense.
0: Yeah. And funny enough, I had this, I had a similar tape. Um, the pass rush was saved by the secondary. There's a lot of cover sacks and look at that. Look at how that works, right? Certain games, the pass rush saves the secondary certain games the secondary puts the pass rush in a good spot and it just felt like jalen hurts was dropping back especially when you watch it again on all 22 dropping back and just like hanging out like <laughs> like, like oh like like he just like he gets the ball and he's just like oh i'm gonna run out this way doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo. let's see all right i'm gonna throw it away like he he was almost like jogging on certain plays like knowing like okay you're not close to me there's nobody open there's nothing i could really do and there's a guy there right in front of me that i can't run through um the secondary has been great. And I think Steve Wilkes yeah. is kind of showing you what it's going to be for the rest of the time. Is Mooney Ward's going to shadow your best receiver? Um, we're fine with Embry Thomas being on the outside. And De'Amado Lenore is getting more and more comfortable in the slot. It, it's every single week you see another step, another step. And I'm not just talking about the fact that he destroyed De'Andre Swift. I'm not talking about that. Like, that was just, that, that, that felt like, him. Ugh, but that felt like, that felt like turkey bowl stuff, like the uncle having a flashback from when he played high school, and there's a little kid in the open field in front of him, and he just like, it it, it was textbook, right? It was literally textbook. It was Jay, uh-huh. Jay,
1: you know, like when a when a bird hits a window and like all the feathers just kind of like that's well, it. That's what happened. That's
0: That's, it. It. that's literally <laughs> what happened. Like that. Like that's type. Like they hits the wall, right? Like even though it's a chicken, I guess. Um, but uh. <laughs> But Lenore, but Lenore is getting better and better in the slot every week, right? And we have to start to talking about talking about Ambry Thomas a little bit more because I think I've said it many times on this show. I probably said it on my channel. So if I'm reiterating myself, fine, you know, call me out for it. But all 49 fans wanted another outside cornerback. What if the trade deadline chip that you wanted uh in the in this time was in your building this entire time? What if he was just sitting there this entire time and you didn't have to give anything up? I mean, just a third round pick, but What if the guy that you wanted, right? Everybody wanted Jalen Johnson, Patrick Sertain. Okay, cool. Like, I understand those are top flight guys. But what if the guy was in your building the entire time? And you come out of the bye week with purpose. Every time this plays outside, Demo's back inside. And the whole idea was to move Demo inside the entire time anyway. it's, It's crazy to think that now something that we were so worried about all the way through the bye week, right? Is now a bit of a strength for this team. And look, losing Tyler Funga, I'm not going to sit here and act like that's nothing. But TIG is fine. Mm-hmm. Jair Brown's been fine. He is yeah. fine right now. Like I, I almost want to ask people who ask like, "Well, he's been struggling. What has he been struggling with?" I mean, I I, I don't know. Like he, there, there's been. I think there was one play in this game in which I was like, "Damn, TIG," like you had to get there. Um, on a he big play. He just
1: had one missed tackle. One missed tackle. Right there, like,
0: yeah.
1: Early pick-ish. in the game,
0: too. Jair Brown's fine. Jair Brown is fine. And he's continuing to grow week to week. Mm-hmm. It's insane to see the bye week and see Steve Wilkes. And obviously, the Chase Young thing helps. But it's insane to see the growth in the secondary. And, and, and I think that is something that, again, while we've been kind of hard on Ambry Thomas, we've always said Coaching is going to put him in the best spot that he can be in. Now it's up to you to make plays. Coaching can't make the plays for you, but coaching is going to put you in a spot where you're not lost. You're not one on one with somebody else or this or that. Like you're in a spot where you can succeed, and that's I think what Steve Wilkes has done very well outside of the bye week is con- is keep the secondary in a spot where they can they can cook. And this week, the secondary helped the pass rush. And it's insane to believe that that was that was possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah. After the bye week, there's been so many uh, adjustments, and yeah, like uh, Lee Vang asked, "Are we really gonna trust Ambry in the playoffs?" Yeah, I like. I mean, I think we've seen enough at this point that yeah. I'm gonna trust Ambry in the playoffs. I'm gonna trust him against anyone at, like at this point or any like number two receiver. He doesn't have he to cover confident. the number one. He's he jumping does. in front of passes.
0: He's jumping in front of passes. He's sure of himself. And, and, and Com- cornerback is half the player. battle's confidence. Yeah. Half the battle you be delusional. A hundred percent. Like you, you've got to feel like no matter what flush it, let's get to the next play. And Moody Ward has been locked in right mm-hmm. now. Like I, I want to make sure that we get that out there. And I love the fact that now the 49ers have a, a corner that'll travel.
1: That's a bit infectious too, don't you think? Oh, yeah? Like, I oh, I yeah. think Ambry's kind of feeding off that energy. I think he's feeding off of the trust that Steve Wilkes has given him. I think Lenore as well, like moving to the nickel, as we've mentioned, like he's he's more comfortable there each and every week. He's getting more comfortable. I think they're just relishing the opportunity and that's in front of them, right? And I I feel confident about the secondary going to into the playoffs as long as everyone stays healthy, right? because of what who they've been going up against these past few weeks. When you look at the receiver groups they've been going up against, there have been some pretty big tests in there. No slouches. And so I I know, you know, all shade to, to mech All shade to and, DK and Metcalf and
0: Tyler Lockett. If, if if Steph don't want to say it, I'll say it. Go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh but I mean that that's still a good performance from the secondary in that game. I would expect a similar performance on Sunday. Um I think about the game against the Bucks. You had Mike Evans, you had Chris Godwin, uh, like that was a, a tough test. So they they've been tested. They've been battle tested since the bye week, and each time they've they've performed well. And I think what's been great about this defense, and a lot of people don't like it, especially early in the games, because it's like, oh God, they're They're giving up all these throws, but they're keeping everything in front of them. And that is what makes this defense go. Like, that's what they do. That's by plan. That's by design, right? It's keeping everything in front of them. So they are going to give up catches and whatnot. But again, it's by design. It's not giving up the big play, which was a hell of an issue for this 49ers defense in the past. Steve Wilkes has entirely fixed that problem. So I I don't think we can ask for really anything better from the secondary and this defense.
0: No, 100%. And I guess, you know, we've got to 40 minutes, we might as well get to the the thing that everybody's the, talking the about. Matzo ball, and,
1: Hager, oh my no.
0: god, man. I just I despise when football discussions are surrounded around people who don't play football
1: fictional characters
0: fictional characters like rocky balboa fictional characters like this big dom guy i guess we might as well just talk about it
1: let's do it
0: okay first off the drake greenlaw thing it's been an issue right Mm -hmm. um i don't want to see you doing that and kyle shanahan loves it he loves it. He'll never say anything bad about it, right? It's like it's so insane that Drake Greenlaw literally penalizes his team fifteen yards at a time, but Kyle Shanahan's like, I love it. A guy I think drops he loves a pass it
1: to an extent, like I mean, I mean look, I, just I, like the I, rest of us.
0: He loves it, but he doesn't say anything about it because a guy will drop a pass and be banished to the shadow realm and and never play again, right? Like or like you know, like or fumble the football. That's it. You can't even see the field again. I I have an issue because I'm like Drake Greenlaw. Devontae Smith is as skinny as me. You don't have to pick him up and suplex him. Okay? You don't have to pick him up and body slam him. That's my thing. Okay, one. That's it. That's my only issue. Now, this guy who wants to involve himself in football games, bro. Blood thinks he's on the team, Steph. He thinks he's on the team. Blood thinks he's on the team. Like he's standing there like this. Like, uh, when they when they when when <laughs> when the whole team is standing there with their hands on their chest for the national anthem, Big Dom is out there crying like Sirianni, like. Blood thinks yeah. he's on the team. You're not on the team. You are not on the team, bro. Oh, you are not see, on the team. Your security is supposed to keep fans away from the Eagles, not 49ers from the Eagles. Facing the other direction. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like I don't think it's that's just, where the danger is coming from. Like you need to move the other direction.
0: It's look, look. <laughs> you are supposed to keep fans from the Eagles players. You are not supposed to keep 49ers players from Eagles players. And this kind of just goes all the way back to like this fake tough guy mentality that the the Eagles have, right, with Sirianni. I want you to watch all the clips of them talking about you and take it personal. Yeah, that's you taking it personal, getting your ass beat in, in Philadelphia. That's you taking it personal. They they want to be the underdog so bad, and they want to be like the team that's disrespected so bad. But y'all just are not like that. and. Bullies are bullies until they get punched in the face and they get punched in the mouth and you have nothing to say back. And it's just, it's insane that a conversation or a game is surrounded now about a conversation about a guy who is literally not a football player, not a coach, not not even a quality control, not like, I don't even know what he is. This whole idea of him being security is nonsense. Would Eagles fans attack Eagles players? What is he there for? And 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 again, Eagles fans. Yeah, way to go, Big Dom. You got Dre Greenlaw kicked out. Didn't matter. You got your ass beat. So Big Dom, take your ass to the sideline. And then him dapping everybody up after the game. Yeah, we'll get them that's back. The we we we'll he get them back. He's on the
1: team. That's what. Blood, I'm saying. you're
0: not on the team. You're not on the team. You don't get to say that. This is that's
1: an issue. Like that is an issue that he thinks he's on the team. I am just baffled by the whole situation. I've never seen anything like that. I agree with you, Jay. Like, obviously, the penalty, ill-advised, it wasn't necessary, especially at that point in the game. Like, it just felt like they they gave the Eagles not just, you know, 15 yards, which helped them, you know, get into scoring range, but it, it gave the fans just that extra bit of juice that they didn't even need. Like, the 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 crowd at that point was, like, already dead, the Eagles were, were dead to rights at that point, and they just got a little extra juice. I know the 49ers ended, ended up blowing them out, and in the grand scheme of things, it didn't end up mattering. But you just can't, you can't do that. So I think he knows that. I know Kyle loves it. To an extent, I love it too. Like, I love the energy. I love, you know, the big hits and all that. But keep it within the rules and keep it within, you know, what's, what's necessary. And that was not. Uh, Now, the Big Dom thing, I I think calling it like a punch or or whatever is very excessive. Like Greenlaw was trying to point at um, Devontae Smith. And he just inadvertently, you know, gave gave, uh, Big Dom a little love tap. Big Dom shouldn't have even been there. He shouldn't have even been there, and if his job we is call
0: him big, to... Dom, can we just call him Dom? He's not big, Dom, just because your your stature is is somewhat big, and like for obvious reasons, I don't want to like talk about it like that. But you're not big, Dom, you little Dom, get out of here,
1: little Dom. Okay, Dom, yeah. Dom. Dom, Dom, that Dom. works, Dom. Dom. yeah. Um, <laughs> Italian <laughs> Dom, uh, yeah, I mean, it just bothers me that it, now. People are talking about this dude like he's he's some hero to the city of Philadelphia. Like, I I don't I saw someone post someone who's like a beat writer for the Eagles say something like eh, like uh, all I've ever known about, you know, Dom is he's this great person. Like, who is assassinating his character that you have to go out and make this post about Tom? <laughs> like people acting like. It's,
0: but it's it's classic <laughs> it's deflecting. Like- it's classic deflecting from the fact that your team got dog walked. And now this you've is, got to defend. This is the that's post, post. yes. Yeah. Make sure, uh, side note, but he's, he's beloved. beloved. <laughs> you are, you don't play. No one cares. No one cares, bro. You are not important. You are not special. No one gives a shit man. I don't care, bro. Who cares? Oh, my God. That hat is awful. <laughs> oh, that is like oh swaggerless. God. It is swaggerless. Like, I don't. That's like wild
1: nineties right there, and dude is. I not, mean, we
0: we've, like, we've already cooked the Eagles so much that now we can even talk about this right now. But it's just it's a non-issue. Who cares?
1: Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I I'm curious to see what the league is going to do because the the league has punished people for far less. Like you you saw as as much of us saw that the Eagles like fired a photographer who let Tyreek Hill... Grab his phone.
0: Oh, they um, took his credential away, right?
1: They took his credential. Yeah. NFL, come on,
0: man. Come on.
1: No fun league. But anyway, no
0: fun league. Given
1: that, given that, I mean, hey, I I feel like there should be similar, you know, similar repercussions here because there has to be a line between employers of the team and the actual team. Like, bro, you are not part of the team and you're not supposed to be on the white of the field whatsoever. So know your place. Stay in your place. And so let, let's see what the league does. I know there isn't... Maybe Drake Greenlaw gets fined. Maybe, but yeah. I don't see anything else happening uh, with Greenlaw.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, Steph, it's been, it's been a fun show, right? Um, Making fun of fictional characters in Philadelphia. Making fun of the actual Eagle fan base. Making fun of the Eagles themselves. Making fun of guys who think they're on the team. I feel like We've kind of covered everything at this point. Um, This is a really good win. Hey, hey, by the way, Christian McCaffrey is really good at football, um, by the way, as well, too. And so is Brock Purdy. Oh, all right, all right. I guess this is where we should do this, right? Okay. Brock Purdy is the betting favorite for MVP right now. And he's
1: tied with Prescott right now, right? Is he yeah, is that's, that's insane.
0: That's insane because Dak Prescott is literally doing a world tour on every bad team that that he can face, right? <laughs> like it's just it's insane. Like I, I love how he gets credit for like dicing up the Seattle Seahawks as if Brock Purdy hasn't done that over and over, and he will do again on Sunday. Spoiler alert, I'm picking the 49ers to beat the shit out of the Seattle Seahawks way again as well. Too. Oh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah, I'm I'm really going out on the limb. But all the statistical categories that he leads in for the most part that means you win MVP I mean he's got more yards Mm -hmm. per attempt than you know Lamar Jackson and his yak yards are less than Patrick Mahomes when he won Steph Brock Purdy MVP what do you think
1: um I mean I've been saying it for a while that I think he should he deserves to be in the conversation right and I know you can make the argument of within this team, who should be the MVP between Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. And I think what's crazy is that I always go to, I'd probably lean Christian McCaffrey, like no shade to Brock at all. But let's be honest, the MVP award is historically like an award for quarterbacks, right? The most valuable position in all of football. So that being said, If the national conversation is going to be between, like, Brock Purdy and, you know, a guy like Dak Prescott, then I'm going to have to go with our guy Brock Purdy, right? And I think this game in particular didn't move the needle for me. I mean, I know he had four touchdowns, but if you look at the performance, it wasn't, like, even his best game at all. He's just been doing what he's always been doing this entire season. And so I already felt before this game that he should be in the conversation. Um, And I think just this game, it being in Philadelphia, it being against this opponent, you know, higher higher gravity game, it would get more eyes on, on Brock Purdy being that guy. And I still see like these annoying ass narratives. I know people are probably trolling half of the time, but it still irks me. He's a he's a yards after the catch merchant. Merchant.
0: He's yeah, I know like that. Like, are
1: you guys bot accounts? Like, why do you guys say the exact same merchant.
0: thing? Like, it's it's, all, it's. I mean, it 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 goes with all merchant. the trolling. Like you know, like how like how it is. Like me and Jordan be you like, know. oh, he's washed, I fear, or like you know, uh, he's cooked, I fear, yeah, like you yeah. know, like that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I know. So I know they're trolling, but it it annoys me to no end because I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like Brock. Has not been a check down merchant. He has not been a yards after the catch merchant. Literally, like, we've we've been saying, like, the 49ers have not had to lean on yards after the catch at all. Like, that was the first game in a really long time that we saw it that much, right, this season. And so that's a testament to what Brock Purdy's been doing. Uh, 9.6 yards per attempt is just one of the few, one of the many categories that he's first in and by a pretty wide margin. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, you know, a couple of analytical football analytic people have pointed out that a lot of the MVPs have been first in EPA. Well, currently Brock Purdy is first in EPA per play and also uh, per pass play. And so, Given that, I I think he should be the favorite, right? I know that he does benefit from this offense and the playmakers that he has around him, but I don't think we can discount the fact that all of us 49er fans who watch all of these games know very well that Brock Purdy himself has brought something to the table, and all of that is deserving to be in the conversation. This is exciting. This is very exciting to me.
0: When's the last time
1: that we had an MVP candidate like quarterback?
0: Quarterback? Uh, (laughs) Ah, Steve Young. (laughs) Steve yeah. Young, that's it um i do want to point out that uh as a newly inducted member to the pfwa i have a mvp vote so if you guys want me to vote 49ers um send some super chats my way um and we'll and, and we'll make it happen yeah, um I, otherwise yeah because i do have a different i do have a different take unfortunately and it, it it's not being received well but if there was ever a year <laughs> Breaking news: Jason Aponte can be bought. They're gonna take away my vote if we like publish like this like too much or whatever. Anyway, but <laughs> um, I do say this. Um, I think if there was ever a year to argue that someone other than a quarterback would win MVP, this is the year. And I think the MVP right now is Tyreek Hill.
1: Yeah, I, I, just, I would say so
0: too. Right, like I just how many times have you guys been watching NFL Red Zone? And they cut to the Dolphins game, and he's running away from three guys with the ball in his hands. And he has fifteen hundred yards. He said he wanted two thousand. He's on pace to get two thousand. Tyreek Hill is the most dominant gravity-like inducing player in this league. It's so insane that everyone knows. Hey, we've got to stop Tyreek Hill. And hey, there goes Tyreek Hill running past all of us. And and and. and It's not like they're leaving him one-on-one with anybody. They're putting two or three guys on him. Tyreek Hill has been the most dominant player in football this season. He said he wanted 2,000 yards. He's on pace for 2,000 yards. I Look, I can see the argument for CMC. I can see the argument for Brock Purdy. But my goodness, man, all year, the one player who has been consistently dominant all year hasn't taken any games off is Tyreek Hill. And that's kind of where I'm leaning right now at this point, you know? Um, I again I don't need I don't need Brock to win MVP. I don't need Brock yeah. to win MVP. That doesn't mean anything to me. If Brock wins a Super Bowl, and even if he doesn't win Super Bowl MVP, I don't care. And again, this goes back to my argument about the, the quarterback rankings thing. I don't care where you rank Brock Purdy. When Brock Purdy plays like this these last three weeks and early on in the season, the 49ers are unstoppable. So I don't care where you rank him. Tell me he's better than this guy. Tell me he's better. I don't care. Just play like that. But for me, Tyreek Hill right now has been the most dominant player in football the entire season. And that's who I would today on December 5th <clears throat> cast my vote for as Tyreek Hill.
1: That's fair. I mean, Tyreek's part of the reason that Tua was an MVP conversation for as long as he was. And remember, is, he, can't right? throw
0: the, he can't throw the ball deep. He can't throw the ball deep. Right? All Hill does is run deep routes. Yeah. No,
1: it's it's fair. It's fair. I think like on that same token, Christian McCaffrey should also be in the conversation, but alas, like not going to be part of the conversation just for, you know, the uh, award being um, historically quarterback centered. So
0: I mean, that's the thing, right. Is the MVP is, I think, okay. Okay. At least this, I'll say this. If we're going to, automatically assume that the MVP is just a quarterback award that's fine I get that right because you have offensive player of the year so then Tyree kills the offensive player of the year can mm-hmm. we at least agree on that yeah. yeah okay cool um no look for me it's just more about like what I'm seeing right now we still have weeks to figure this thing out like if Brock continues if if the if Brock continues hey an Eagles fan there he is br- 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 put it up put it up put it up Ezekiel, good to see you, Ben. And I'm so happy. And and by the way, just to put You're a pin waiting. on this, I think I think I think Tyreek Hill is the uh is the offensive player of the year. Um, but I I could totally see a quarterback winning the MVP. Ezekiel, good to see you, man. Um, I actually want to applaud you for showing up. You 49er fans are such big babies. Okay, you beat my Eagles, but it's far from over. Beat us in the championship game, then we'll talk. Are you gonna be there? <laughs> are you gonna be there? Are you gonna be there? Are you gonna be there? How are we big babies when your stadium was empty in the third quarter? All that talk that you guys had, boo-hoos from Hassan Reddick. They
1: literally they literally booed their, their own team. They were like, booing them at halftime. half-time. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Um, we're the big babies? Let me ask you a question. If any team, if any team, if any team that was supposed to be the best in the world got dusted 42 to 19 and it wasn't your team, what would you say about them? What would you say about them? You would say they're fraudulent. And guess what the Eagles are? Frauds! I'm so happy you showed up. I really am, man. And you know what? I'm proud of you because it was nobody else that was going to do it. Yeah, y'all been ghost. Y'all been watching Rocky 2 because that's the one that he actually wins. Y'all been watching Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5. You've been watching all the ones that he wins. But, man. You got to be kidding me, calling the 49er fans big babies when all y'all have been doing is crying since Sunday. <laughs> Ain't no way you came in here trying to come to us and say we're big babies, man. If you don't take your ass out of here. And press right, Rocky Five was terrible, by the way. He had to fight in, a, in an alleyway. Tommy Morrison, in real life, would have totally watched him. <laughs> it's insane that you came in here and said that. It's, it's just insane. But I will give you credit for being the only Eagles fan that actually showed up because oh, all of y'all man. popped that talk and never showed up. Steph, you got anything mm-hmm. to say about Ezekiel coming in here and getting run out?
1: Um, I mean, we just need to do like they did Dom and, and get his ass out of here, right?
0: <laughs> but, but let's applaud him.
1: Okay. Golf clap. Great job,
0: Ezekiel. Golf clap. Great That's job, he man. He's,
1: he's probably already out of here. He said his piece <laughs> and then did. And, but but don't worry hit.
0: about the championship game. I just wonder if you're going to be there. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I don't want to hear about the championship game. (laughs) You better figure out what's going to happen when you get in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be there. Just me. All right. I like it. I I love it. All right. I think that's the best way to end this. Um, (laughs) Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys like this video. Subscribe to both channels. uh, Subscribe to the Gold Standard Podcast Network on youtube wherever you get your audio podcast follow steph sanchez on twitter at steph49k follow me on twitter at jason aponte 2103 go to goldstandardniners.com there's a lot of great articles on there about grades and things like that and you can get all the podcasts from there steph whew, good god man it's it's not easy cooking uh, an entire fan base and an entire an entire organization but hey i feel like in 58 minutes we did a great job so
1: we we've cooked uh, Seahawks. We've cooked Eagles. We've got another round of
0: uh, bird.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the bird stretch here. Okay. So we yeah. got another week of, of cooking another the set gauntlet. of of Seahawks.
0: The gauntlet. And
1: then, you know, later we're we're gonna cook um, some Ravens. So.
0: I love it. So, for Steph, for Jay, we're out of here.
1: Peace.